What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lemmy here. We've got a great episode. Damian Lupo is joining us today. He's a best-selling author and financial mentor. His goal is to rewrite the rules for retirement and change the way we think about finance and wealth. How are you today, Damian? I'm good, John. It's good to be here, man. Thanks uh, for having me. Thank you. I, you and I have uh, chatted briefly on social media. Very excited to have you join us today. And we're going to talk about a very important topic. But before we get to that, Damien, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I only gave a very brief intro there. You know, I, I think if we boiled things down, I'm really the guy that has done more things wrong than almost anybody <laughs> you've ever met. And I did it faster. And if I look back, the one thing I would tell myself 20 years ago is go even faster in terms yeah. of failing into these things instead of taking so long. And most people look at my life and say, this guy has screwed up more things and he's fallen on his face and bloodied his nose more often. And, and that's, but that's just me understanding that failure isn't a noun. It's not something we are, it's just something we do. And that's how yeah. we grow. So that's, that's kind of my perspective on everything that I do and teach and, and businesses and, and life in general. It's just failing as fast as possible. And I've done that at some extreme levels that make for some really good stories. Kind of give for our moving forward listeners kind of the the Cliff Notes version of some of the things that you've tried and failed at in the early years. Well, I, you know, I tried to go to college and I got thrown out because I started a bookstore and oh, they wow. didn't like it. Yeah, I was putting the other bookstore out of business, so that was <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't care for my uh, my ambition all that much. Yeah. And, and, and then, wait a minute. Were you the one? I, I remember when I was at school, when I was an undergrad, there was a startup and, and they sold textbooks right out of the back of a truck. And I'm wondering if that was you. <laughs> you know, I, I would have done that if I actually had a truck. I, I had like I had foot power and, and I convinced the post office to let me put stuff in like little flyers in everybody's oh, wow. boxes. And then I did a buy and sell. And since I was broke, I had to use my brain. And I basically just had a thing that said, hey, give me your books and then I'll come back in an hour and and I'll give you money. So I was running, shifting books around campus. It was crazy. Wow. But you know what? It was innovative because <laughs> of necessity. Yeah. And so what are some of the other things that you've done over the course of your journey? Well, I mean, I think I did everything wrong in the real estate investing world. Uh, that was a big part of, mm. of my entire story. It was about 10 years of, of first really taking a leap. In, and this is one of the great things about being 20. You don't realize you can't build the Great Wall of China in a week. So right. you just you say, hey, I'm going to go do it. So I did it. Went to some seminars and then did what they told me to do. And it was it was an incredible process over five years of building about a $20 million portfolio wow. and thinking I was pretty smart. And then I realized I wasn't that smart because I just followed a really good timing session of mm. the market. And and then I, I got a great experience called losing $20 million. Ouch. And that, that was a it was an incredibly powerful process yeah. to learn the real rules of the universe. And it's not about consumption and hedonism and, and just mm -hmm. hanging out, making money. It's it's really about creating value and impact and having a mission. And I wouldn't have got that if I hadn't lost all the money. So I was, I'm pretty grateful for it now, 10 years later. Yeah. And how has that shaped what you're doing today? The, the, I used to have a perspective that being a billionaire was like the ultimate. And, and I still have that. But 10 years ago, it was about a billion dollars in the bank. And now it's about a billion people that I've impacted because mm, I'm, I'm playing that. all in. Yeah. So it's and I stole that from Peter Diamandis. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him credit. It was an awesome thing that I just a, attached to. It's so there's a the the reason that shifts everything is because it makes it not about me but about others and I have to constantly find ways to disrupt the way that I think because see if I if I'm thinking about how I'm going to have an impact on one person 
that may not get me to that place of a billion people shifted. And so I've got to start using technology and different thinking and different leverage points. So I'm it, before it was just about how to make another 10,000 or a hundred thousand or a million bucks. I, uh, you don't really have to do a lot of leverage. You just have to go out there and take something. And that's a very different opposite approach to life. Absolutely. And talk a little bit about that. In fact, I would love to have you share what is your big why? I love that you've shifted from, uh, you know, looking at it in terms of having a billion dollars in the bank account to impacting a billion lives. Well, I, just so that we're really clear that I'm not completely altruistic, that I understand the way that, that the universe works. When you have a mission, and mine is to free a million people from financial bondage, Yes, it's having that in place, the side effect is money because money yes, is energy. Absolutely. and. And so by my, me asking the question, how can I pr- promote my mission today and how can I share it and, and free people, all of a sudden it's this really weird thing that money starts coming in. And it's not woo. It's just it's a, it's a generalized principle of the universe. That's how it works. You can't focus on the money and think that you're going to be fulfilled. It will show up as a 90-degree effect of the thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Especially if your focus is on delivering value. I mean, that's really at the heart of it, right? You're delivering value to your ideal clients, your ideal customers. So uh, what does that look like for you? It's finding ways to to deliver ideas that ask really it's 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 questions it's it's the books that i've written are really focused on asking questions because i believe that you know the answers you just don't have the questions to pull those answers out mm. of you and and so it's 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 harder to to uh to do the work where you're you're getting questions thrown at you than it is to have somebody tell you the answers it's also very hard to figure out those questions so I spend all my time figuring out how do I ask questions in a better way, a more profound way? How do I get to more people in front of them to ask the questions? And then if you get that, if you get those questions and start answering them and you start doing things a little different, you're going to build this confidence muscle. And that is where financial freedom lays. It's not in cash or cash flow. It's in that confidence muscle that you have to get by doing something different and building it up. I love, I love that you're sharing this with our listeners. So I want to dig a little deeper into that. What was one of the questions that really opened up that revelation for you? There, there is one question for me. I spent two years asking the same question every week and it was, what is true? Hmm. And it's, it's a big question because in, when I was going through this, I had a a guy in Texas that, that walked me through this. He basically sat on a couch and asked me a question. It was this therapy after my meltdown. And he asked the question, I kept going deeper and deeper until I got to the core of, of who I was, that I was a teacher and, and that I really didn't like the guy that I was before because he was about taking and not really creating the impact. It was really just more about consumption. And so asking that question more and more, I was able to, to honor the truth. If we're not willing to own the truth and honor it, we're always going to be stuck in the lie. You can't change a lie. So you have to get to the truth. Otherwise, you're just stuck forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're sharing that. Super, super important. So Damien, you've got a pretty big why, Uh, you know, freeing a million or a billion people from financial bondage. Talk about, I want you to define that. I mean, I think that is, I think that is a very, uh, you know, stark phrase, but I think it is, there's a lot of truth to it. So what do you see as financial bondage that holds so many people back? It, typically, this is a it's a it's a FOMO and it's a failure issue. FOMO is f- fear of missing out, yes. so we tend to chase a lot of squirrels, and we tend to be very very good consumers. In fact, it's scary that that's what we're called American consumers. Like the consumer did this or the consumer did that. And I'm thinking, so we're basically being brain damaged, <laughs> brainwashed into believing that that's our our job to be a good good consumer. So we've got these belief systems that, in large part, are formed between zero and three that, that from this the messaging we get from our parents. 
and and then we continue to get hammered by marketing and we buy into this stuff and so we become these consumers and we're basically putting shackles on ourselves because the truth is if you're in America and many places in the world the shackles you have are the shackles that are self-imposed. There are no shackles in this country that can you cannot just take off and go do something. I mean, it's, nobody's. I think Jim Rohn said this. Nobody is trying to swim over to Poland from Cuba mm. to to go after the opportunity there. I mean, there is this opportunity, yeah. and and then we put we put ourselves in bondage. So my job is to ask the question so that you get when you look in the mirror. Oh, I'm responsible for this, and I can do something about that. Instead of blaming or justifying or being a victim, which unfortunately we've gotten really good at in the, yeah. in the United States as well. Yeah, and no, it's it. I think that's an excellent point, Damien. So you've got a pretty big why, and I know you're doing so much to spread that value. You've written several books on this. You work as a mentor. So what do you think is the biggest challenge you face today in achieving that big why? I the the biggest challenge we have right now is just noise. It's it's there's so many opportunities yeah. that we can easily get knocked off course and becoming fixated on on a mission and then also understanding the values that drive that really helps to say no to to things because truly the difference between somebody that's going to have the impact to touch and impact you know shift a million people and the person that it's going to touch 10 people is the ability to say no to almost everything so that's that's the big that, that's one of the big shifts that's happened and I didn't really know how to say no before yeah, because anything one, it felt isn't good. It? well if it felt good I did it yeah that was kind of the thing and and a lot of things feel good anymore you could just sit there and stare at your phone on a Facebook feed for hours <laughs> and it kind of feels good except you're really just kind of screwing your brain up yeah absolutely and I want you I actually would love to have you share with our listeners so I think that's an important one so let's start with this how do you get better at saying no well, the first thing you have to do is understand your context. So the, the, the technical piece of that is, is the word no that comes out of your mouth. But the emotional problem is that you're not going to say no because you're going to feel bad because you're, fo- you're focusing on somebody else's agenda and their rules and their pressures. So the, the, first, the, the process of saying no is understanding who you are. And if yeah. you don't have a mission, who, who are you? What are you doing here? And if you don't have values that drive you, it, it's kind of cliche because we talk about this. We hear about it a lot with mission and values. The truth is it will allow you the context and the emotional energy and support to actually say no without thinking about it because it's a violation of who you are and you're aware of it. Yeah. And let's get back to your challenge. So you talked about this. It is a very, very noisy environment to try to to follow a mission, especially a big one. So what are some of the steps that you're taking to tackle this challenge and move forward? A couple of things that I do constantly. I, I constantly ask how I'm going to 10x this year over last year. And mm-hmm. I do that not because I'm trying to make more money. I'm doing that because I can't use the same stuff from last year. I have to actually look out into the world and say, okay, what's working exponentially better? What new things, ideas, tools, people are floating around that I can tap into? Because partly if I don't do that, somebody else down the street is doing that and yes. they're going to disrupt me. So I'm constantly asking that question. And for any business or any anything you're doing, that's a great question because we're all being disrupted. We're going to be outsourced by robots and AI and, yes. and somebody that's just hustling over on the other side of the planet. So that's that's one of the primary things that I do is is that ask that question all the time. Mm. Oh, I love it. I think that is so important because it's easy to get stuck in a pattern. And in some ways, we're hardwired to follow a pattern and to get comfortable. So change is not always something that we take to very easily. So what, what keeps you – I mean – Asking that question, I think, is awesome. But what keeps you nimble enough so that you can make those pivots and changes and say, I, you know what, I'm going to leave the comfort zone 
to make sure that I am keeping abreast of all the things that are that are disruptive out there. John, there's a, a thing that happens right now, and I, I think I'm going to blame Tim Ferriss on this. I was reading an article <laughs> about the four-hour work week, and yeah. it's it's this mentality that we're just trying to hack everything. We're trying to find a shortcut for yeah. everything, and and it's interesting, except you screw up your, your entire process of fulfillment and mastery because you're trying to short-circuit everything. And I, I noticed that when I create a lot of automation, I'm missing the connection, the relationship, mm-hmm. and, and relationship is one of the pillars. It's one of my core values for everything I do. So one of the things that keeps me nimble and focused and driven and hungry is these one-on-one conversations. As much as I'm figuring out a way to talk to 10,000 people at once, the one-on-one conversations where somebody, I can feel them, I can experience their emotion of feeling like, oh my gosh, I can actually take off these cuffs. I can drive my life. It's not going to be by default. It's going to be by design. I'm moving towards freedom. That experience to me is so fulfilling that it fires me up. And and so I keep checking back into it. It's not a one-off event. Like I want to do that and I structure my life so that I can have those conversations and 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 those interactions. It keeps me connected to what's real, that these are human beings, that these are people. And that's why I'm doing this, not for a big bunch of digits in a bank account. It's actually humans that I'm, I'm focusing on. I love it. I absolutely love it. And it just speaks to just being present and really, really reminding yourself of the important questions to ask. Well, Damien, ready for the knowledge burst session? Yeah, let's let's burst it. All right. Now, I'm going to change this up, and I've never asked a question quite like this before, but excited to have you on. I was recently having a conversation with uh, a group of former classmates of mine, uh, and these are all very bright people. Uh, they all went to undergrad. They all went to business school. In fact, these are business school classmates. One in particular uh, I'm thinking of, and I won't mention names, but she is stuck in the paradigm of working in a job that you tolerate pays pretty well, provides a comfortable life. But I'm also at the same time always hearing complaints of, oh, I'm so broke. I'm so broke. Or I'm just, you know, it's always moment to moment to moment. And it's it's just a paradigm of, you know, just keep doing what I'm doing. I may not love it, may not enjoy it. And then, you know, one day I'll retire sometime when I'm 70. I'd like you to speak to this one person. Damien, uh, share something that may help if she's listening to this episode, help her break that pattern. This actually brings me back to when I was a kid and I heard my my dad talking about how he had 12 years left to, to, and then he got to retire, then he got the pension, then he could do his life, he could live it. And I, and he was miserable. He, Mm -hmm. He was just putting up with a boss he didn't care for, for work that didn't really matter. It wasn't meaningful. And I watched this and I, he gave away these 12 precious years and then he retired and he seemed to have some fun here and there. And then a, a number of years went by and we had this conversation after he found out he had cancer oh, wow. and we were sitting there and he knew he was, he was a matter of weeks away from the end. And, and he looked at me, it's the last conversation we ever had. And he mm. said, you know, there were just so many things that I wanted to do. Oh, wow. That was regret. Yeah, John, that was that was that was what it looks like when you tolerate your job and you don't live and you put it off and you procrastinate on the actual experience of life. That's the experience that you never want to have because it's hell on earth. It's the it's far worse than the discipline of saying I'm going to do a side hustle or I'm going to reduce my lifestyle. I'm going to blank slate my life and I'm going to ask what do I really love and what do I want to be a part of my days instead of just going through this this rat race, uh, you know, this thing that we do and we tolerate it, eventually you're not going to be able to tolerate it. You're not going to be able to tolerate 
anything because you're going to be stuck looking back going, I can't change anything. I, I no longer can make a choice. It's over. Yeah. That's hell on earth. Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, that I think more than anything else should put things in perspective. Damien, so we may have listeners who, and I just had this conversation on another podcast. Uh, let's talk to someone who's maybe uh, in the in the younger age, a millennial or a Gen Z who is struggling to pay the bills. Maybe they have college or student loans that they need to pay back. And maybe they're listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, I mean, philosophically, that just sounds great. But how do I start, you know, even implementing the steps to to really think about that? How, that just seems so pie in the sky. I'd like you to share one tip for that listener who may want to actually start growing their wealth and a tip that they can actually start doing today. One of the things that I love to do and, and to share with people and really encourage them to do is to basically blow up their bubble of security. And mm. and by that, it could it could simply mean shifting somewhere, going to a different state. Or, and this is not a little thing, but it is a it's a, an impactful thing because our environment influences us so much, especially the people that are around us. It is almost impossible, not impossible, but almost impossible to shift massively if we're going to stay in the same place. And we tend to think we have to because we've got obligations. Well, our life is, we're not here for obligation. We're here to live, to have a purpose. And so getting up and doing something, whether it's just simply wandering around Europe or taking, you know, taking a time to volunteer, there's something that you can do that gets you out of your environment. You will become the, the people that are around you. And in all likelihood, they're the ones that are keeping you stuck if your life isn't what you want it to be. So you have to get out of your environment or it's going to suck you in and you're going to become it because of osmosis. I, I love it. Great, great share. Damien, I'm excited to ask you. So what is one small choice or activity that you're taking today? Maybe you already took it before we hopped on this call. Maybe you're going to take it afterwards. Pick one and share with our listeners that you're going to employ to move forward. It's something that I do every day, and it's it's be, it's before I even get out of bed. It's when I sit up, I I meditate, and the reason I do that, it's something to do with the blank slate idea that I want my mind to be open to whatever I'm going to create and how I'm going to connect with people, and I I need to create the the box or the the funnel where the all the chatter and all the stuff that's rambling around that was sitting there from last night can go through me and it can leave me. I, if I don't have that. I check, I go after check boxes and I go after emails and mm-hmm. like most of us, yeah. I'm a task machine and that's not why we're here. And, but it's really hard, especially type A's. So that moment, and sometimes it's two or three minutes where I just let all that stuff go through and find a way out. It creates a space for me to actually create something that matters instead of just checking those boxes all day long. I love it. And actually, I'm going to add a bonus question because this is something I struggle with. Meditation, you know, clearing that space, even for two to three minutes can be a big challenge. So for myself and for any listeners who want to do more meditation, but find it to be very, to struggle with it, what what is one practice or tip that you'd like to share with our Moving Forward listeners? You made a, you, you said a word earlier, you said presence. It's, it's one of the three pillars of Yokido, the martial art that I founded years ago. And, and it has to do with your breath. And so if you want to be able to meditate, you have to shift your breath from what we tend to do is stay in this fight or flight space. Yes. And it's because we're breathing into our chest and we're always looking for the, the tiger that's going to eat us. And it's, and it's just how we're, we're operating. If you want to shift into a place where you can actually be still and meditate, 
a, a physical thing that you can do is to breathe into your belly and look like a little little baby, <laughs> a little baby belly with you know the little Buddha thing where you kind of yeah. you see the baby. Well, we don't do that, and it keeps us in a fight or flight. And and what happens is you shift into this other space where you're really your body is allowed to rest and digest. And if you can rest and be in that state, you can actually be still enough to meditate. If you're fight or flighting it, forget it. It's not going to happen. So just breathe into your belly. Practice that. You might find meditating gets a lot easier. That's a great, great tip. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Damien, ready to do a little time travel? Let's, let's, let's launch, man. All right. We're going to travel ahead five years from this very day. We're going to step out of the machine. You're going to meet future Damien. Tell me who he is. Uh, Damien is, is, is a global teacher looking at the globe down. He's with Jeff and, and Elon up above uh, the atmosphere. And, and he's looking at, at an earth that's shifted because of the last five years of impact that that mission really mattered. And there's a, there's different, there's different vibe on the planet because of that work of, of freeing people up from themselves. I love it. And actually, I'm going to add a bonus question. I don't always ask my guests this, but I love how this conversation is going. And so I'm excited to ask you. You get to ask future Damien one question. What would that question be? And what do you think Damien would say? The, the question is, is going to be, was it worth it? And you know, being, being focused, being disciplined, driving like a crazy person <laughs> from most people's perspective. And he's going to come back and he's, he's going to say, there's no other way that I would have ever done it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Damien, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the fantastic work that you're doing? Come visit me at DamienLupo.com and, and check in and, and, and grab the books that I've got available. There's a lot of stuff you can download, uh, the, the thinking, the shifting, and, and how you can help in the mission of freeing a million people starting with yourself. It's, it's truly about ripple effects. And so the, the freer you are, the more free other people are going to be, and our mission happens together. I love it. I absolutely love it. Damien, love to have you close out the show. So share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners. Most important thing you can realize when we, we get into the space of fear about screwing something up is that this is a belief system that, yeah. that school taught us. And mistakes are, are gift wrap opportunities from the universe from, universe from God to, to grow. And instead of looking at those as a negative, when we shift those into a positive, everything starts to change and our life opens up. I love it. Absolutely love it. Damien, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share this huge, important message so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward. Thank you so much, Damien. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Absolutely. One more time, Moving Forward listeners, check it out, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on social at bemovingforward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. Remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.